Hello everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode 48. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by Am as usual. It's anime time! Yeah, hello, and we're joined again by a returning guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Austin Ramsey. Hello. Hello, it's good to be back again for the rest of this show. Yes. Uh, we're here to talk about the uh, second half of the show, Gurren Lagann. Um the 2007 uh, Gainax anime directed by uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi, uh written by Kazuki uh, Nakashima. A classic of the genre. Uh, everyone in, watched this in 2007. Uh, I didn't, but you know, well, I mean, it was, it was huge. It was huge in a way that anime doesn't get to be huge anymore uh, because seasonal stuff is so fast, like spread wider. There's so much more of it. Uh, the axis is larger. It's just a different thing. So this is like one of the cult classics, like from back in the day when everyone watched Death Note. There's one of those, <laughs> uh, and we watched the second half of it now. Yeah, uh, we watched the first 15 episodes in February in Beach House 34. Ages ago. Yeah, Ooh, 34. Damn, we've done a yeah. lot of Beach House this we've year. We've done a lot of Beach House <laughs> this year. This, yeah, I mean, this is our year. We're like, we're gonna catch up, and then next year we'll go monthly. But um, cool. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, and would you like to summarize what happens in the second Fuck. half <laughs> of the TV show Gurren Lagann? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, you got destroyed. Well, tough shit. Uh, now I see why you hate it. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. Okay. Thankfully, no. <laughs> thankfully, I was like, oh, we got to go back to Gurren Lagann. It's been six months. Uh, more than that. It's been eight months. Opens on a clip show. Caught me right the fuck up. Turns out I've remembered everything that happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, when last we met, uh, Simon and his gang of ne'er do wells uh, have had overthrown Lord Genome, uh, the the Spiral King, um, and na- they had like you know defeated him. And then he was like, "You don't understand. If you defeat me, uh, there's a bigger threat because actually." I was just protecting poor humanity from the real threat, which are uh, the anti-spirals from space. Because this um, is an anime. Because this is a, the Ur anime. We took every anime plot and we put it in the show. Um, and so uh, we pick up seven years later as uh, under Simon's leadership, uh, he's just created society. Like humanity's come out of its caves mostly and now just lives in Macross City. 
Um, (laughs) and, and he's, he's the, he's the president and all of his friends who used to be on his scrappy little pirate team are the CIA and various departments. They're just, they're just the cabinet. He's just got a cabinet meetings and his life sucks. And he's thinking about proposing to Nia, who is the the Lord Gnome's daughter. And he does that. And (laughs) once again, like Mac Ross, he hasn't done this in seven years. Yes. She says yes, then gets uh, she gets teleported up into space because the anti-spirals are here um, and they use her as their messenger um, and agent to announce that now there are, what is it, one million humans born? Because yep. there's like one child born on the surface, the first of the new city. I'm like, seven years should be like a bunch of kids or whatever. But like, this is a plot relevant child. And the anti-spirals have come and like, it's time to create our humanity extermination plan. The Reapers are here. Uh and they're like, well, we have to stop that. And so the city struggles with this new idea of like, there's aliens from space coming and trying to attack them. Um, Nia's gone. Simone's gets destabilized doing this. Um, public opinion turns on everyone and Simone's like thrown in jail by Rocio, who we'll talk a lot about because most interesting character these uh, episodes but uh they all decide to get together in the girl in the gone um Viral joins up the team um and him and simone are just like a shinji asuka double team like you know tag team squad as they take the fight up out into space as they take off and go towards the anti-spirals and break through the barriers of the galaxy itself to meet the anti-spirals um, and have a big fight at the end where they're like chucking galaxies at each other. Um, and, and they, they beat them cause it's, it's girl in the gone and everyone <laughs> makes big speeches about the power of, uh, believing in yourself. Dativayo. Uh, and that's it. They win. <laughs> uh, oh, and then at the very end, Simone and Nia are getting married. And because she was like an anti-spiral agent, like the end of their weird eugenics plan to be reborn, like have anti-spiral energy born into one person. Uh, when they're gone, she disappears like at the altar and they're like, well, couldn't we use our power of anime protagonists to bring her back? And he's like, no, some things cannot be done. We have to understand that with great power comes great responsibility and walks off into the sunset. And that's the actual end. Then they form the space you in. Then they form a space you in. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you stick around for the after credits scene? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the plot Macross of... Macross uh, happens, again. Sec- <laughs> again, yes, this is the plot of the second half of Gurren Lagann. Um, what, did everyone, what did everyone think? How do we how do we want to approach this one? Okay, so it's weird, because like... I feel, I feel like I had an understanding of what would happen in the back half of this with the, the fighting. Eventually, like you have to go into space and fight the anti-spirals that are trying to erase... Like, once that was introduced in the last thing, I kind of understood that. The part I wasn't expecting was the deviation where for two, three episodes, we're literally in post, like, we had to order new episodes Macross where everyone lives in, like, one new human city and is trying to figure it out. And these are the best episodes of the show. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, single-handedly. I think they're really interesting. Um, I, it's weird because, like, I think this back half... Maybe this is by design. I just feel like the show should spend more time with this. My perception of who Simone is is informed by that one episode where, like, they're all in prison that we watched last time. Um, and there's a whole thing where Simone's like, oh, I'm not Kamiya. I can't, uh, Kamiya, I can't do the cool guy thing. It's just not who I am. And they're like, we don't, we don't need you to be Kamiya. We need you to be Simone. Simone will doggedly work at something until he figures it out. And his thing is that he literally, like, digs a tunnel, like, with, like, a spoon or something and is, like, able to get them all out of prison by being the one guy who just works at something long enough to get it done uh he, he doesn't have the common uh, charisma or whatever but uh he can he can get it done 
the rest of this show does, forgets that guy exists and Simone is in the time skip has just become Kamina. Like he might as well not be dead. Um, they just erase his character and fill it in with Kamina. Um, in a way that like by the end of this, I find like kind of off putting in. I think it'd be interesting if they were, if the show was about that. If it's about like S Simone in the world where he has to run a city and a new society has allowed himself to become subsumed by the myth of the guy that he like looked up to and what that does to his life. But the show, I mean, you know, it yeah. is what it is. It's Gynax and Trigger, not about that sort of thing. So he just ends up feeling like a, a different guy showed up that's like a different type of protagonist. And I think a less interesting protagonist, but. It does mean that for these three episodes, Rocio, who is just like the the fucking fascist shitlord, who like <laughs> he, he, I was watching. There's an episode where Rocio, like, every, public opinion turns on Simon because he gets in the mech and ends up killing a bunch of people in a big fight. And everyone's like, "You need to answer that. You can't just kill people in your in your mech." And Simon's like, "I'm an anime protagonist. This is what I do. Like, you just people get hurt in the mech fight. It doesn't who cares? No one pays attention to this." And Rocio's like, "Well, no. I mean, they're our electorate. Like, we work for them, right? Like, so if they say you're going to jail, you're going to jail. Um, and arrests him. Um." And I, the thing I was thinking of was the Matrix sequels, where Morpheus has, like, a romantic rival in that general guy whose name I don't remember. I never remember his name. Um, who, like, is now in a relationship with his ex-girlfriend, um, and he's, like, mad about it. And that guy sucks. Like, he's always the guy who's like, no, we need to do things by the book, and we, we, can't, we can't believe in, in the one. That's stupid. Um, and that guy's always wrong in these stories. Mm. In Gurren Lagan, Rosio is that guy. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, no, we need a secret police. I'm just gonna run my like city arrangement plan, and that's who I am. Um, but because Simone is busy being a shonen protagonist, no one, no one shows up to point out why he's wrong, and thus in the text, he's just the only person who's right. <laughs> yes, so, and it's totally destabilizing. So it was. So I was. I watched the first season episodes, and I was like, I don't like. I think Kamina sucks. I hate him. But then once he goes away, I just think the show gets a little better. Although something's stuck, and I'm like, is there is there something different about this show? Is there like things about the show that I find uh, problematizing, or is it just like a, a distaste for the genre? And you know, I just walk away and accept it. Uh, the second half of the show made me realize that no, there is something specific about Gurren Lagann, um, and it was these episodes that did it because uh, the part where Rossi is just the protagonist of the show and is correct about everything is good. Uh, and it sets up a situation where they beat this, they beat the guy, uh, and then they have to confront that the world goes on, and there are structures exist beyond shonen powers. Mm -hmm. uh, however, this is all a setup for that to be a lie, and for Rossiu to be told that believing that is explicitly like a form of cowardice and giving up on humanity, and then they go and beat the bigger guy. It's the same plot again. A guy is like, you can't, and then they say, <laughs> There's literally a can. bit where Rocio goes and meets the the guy, that, like the, the leader of his tribe, like the religious guy, and he's like, I've learned all the languages and I can't read this Bible, because he had a Bible that the guy couldn't read. He was like, go learn how to read this, learn our ways, and he's like, there's nothing There's nothing in here. There's no words. This is just like scribbles in a book. Like, it's all a joke. There's nothing. There's only the the reality we make for ourselves. Um, and coming to literally, or, or Simone, God, it's not even common. Simone literally <laughs> bursts through the wall and punches him and says, you're wrong. <laughs> and that's it. That's like the end of Rocio's arc. And he is cowed. And then the rest of it is like, you need to stay behind and set up the plan to like keep the cities running while we go do our big space adventure uh, and <laughs> essentially exits the show. And I'm like, did, did he, you never confronted the part where he was like talking about the things. <laughs> Simone never actually answers in, even in his own arc for the fact that his shonen brashness killed 
thousands of people. <laughs> he, he killed so many people in his like, oh, I'll protect everyone. And then it fell to the ground and it exploded and it wiped out part of the city. They they tore down the Kamina statue. The city was on fire. His brashness had brought around like a public, uh, not a revolution, but a riot and a destabilizing presence in a way that was like, this is doing something. And then it he punches Russia in the face and that is all forgotten. It is one of the most bleakest like fuck who gives a shit about anything. Uh, why should I care if you bring this up not to like do anything with it? Uh, I found this stuff like utterly disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I think the scene in which uh, Simone uh, punches Rushu is like this is the moment the show goes from being like oh maybe there's something here soon. No, there will never be something here. This show is not only empty it is the deliberate abdication of responsibility and care is its founding belief it says that self-belief overrides all structures there are no structures there is society doesn't exist there is only the self and specifically the self that is like strong and powerful and uh reinforces itself and others through belief uh, will overcome all obstacles do not ask about what happens when these things are in conflict like i think about any magical girl show you know we watch grand bell i've seen medica i'm not like that watching the german but like the whole thing of those is that what happens when you have two people with self-belief who are super powerful uh and their self-belief is in conflict that happens right that is the premise of those shows and this show doesn't even allow for that it's just like no there are no conflicts there are no things that cannot be resolved there is only uh masculine shown and belief and to even consider compromise is to give up but to consider that you must sacrifice yourself you must make some kind of uh you know political judgments in running a society is evil and i'm like what are you fucking talking about i mean this is this is fundamentally like this is the ubermensch right like this yes. is this is nietzscheism like writ large in a big shonen anime i don't like I don't know if they're aware of this because it's <laughs> Gainax and they're all dumb guys making dumb guy anime on some level. But like, that's what this, this is what that the whole thing points to. That's what it ends up being about is like the, the self-belief makes you the biggest robot who can, you know, deflect the galaxies being thrown at you by the other biggest robot. And that will carry you into like a new paradigm that doesn't answer to anyone, but your own like self like worldview is like the fundamental part of <laughs> Like, what it is to have an overman, right? Like... Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, like... I found it, like, like elementally off-putting when it got to this stuff. Because it, it was by... Like, you know, this stuff is in the genre. We know this about Shonen shows. But it is specifically by introducing these episodes where it, like, throws a complication at it. And then its response to the complication is to ignore it and then do the same exact plot again and expect Just you to still care. Or- because it, it brings in Russia, it brings in this thing. It shows all of the. It shows the lie. It shows every ways in which the shonen like idea, this like overman overmensch thing, is fundamentally a lie, and has multiple episodes dedicated to that, only to then use those to say these were a test in your belief. In fact, it isn't a lie. And if you thought it was a lie, then you've given up. And I was I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little less. Um, I don't know. My general take on this is like, I if if the anime wanted to be this, if it just wanted to be Nietzschean and talk about like self belief is important, I don't I don't particularly agree with that. But I'd be in, more interested in if it like stopped to like consider that. But it's not like literally he busts the wall, punches him, and like that's the end. We're going to space now because it's a it's not that show. It's not meditative and contemplative about what that means. Like we've watched anime that is about the idea of like you know. We literally watch Bottoms. It's about a show that about is about grappling with like, even if you don't want to be the overman, sometimes you're the overman and you got to handle <laughs> what that means. And right. like, it's like a meditation on like 
personality versus society and, and like the responsibility of those things. If this show had any time to sit and have a think about what it was talking about, even if I didn't agree with its premises, I think I'd be a little more interested in what was going on. But instead, it's like rapidly racing to the next big Macross uh, Yamato like set piece where everyone flies their big battleships into space to go fight the space monster. Yeah, this this the show in general, but especially this back half, I think they spend a lot of time in the first half on these one off episodes that don't really matter or could have had their like points better condensed. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, like one off episodes are meant for world building or characterization so that when the capital P plot arrives, you understand why the characters make the decisions that they do. And mm -hmm. that doesn't really happen in the first half. And so in the second half, when the capital P plot, as the show sees it arrives, it just like races through, like you said, rushing from one set piece to another when it really could have used the space to let uh, the, 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 its ideas breathe. And also the characters, the supporting characters could have used more room yet again. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Cause like the one time that this actually happens, there's Yoko like bounced. She's like, you're all making a city. This sounds stupid. I'm leaving. And my, the first time <laughs> I remember my reaction to Yoko being like, she's like one of the most fame, like I, she's the most famous woman in anime after like Faye Valentine. How is she not a character? And she gets like a whole episode devoted to her, um, mm -hmm. in this, where it turns out that she ran away and like became like a, a teacher at a school, like somewhere else, not in the city, but like kind of out in the sticks and she like dresses very properly or whatever it is like teaching a bunch of kids but because she's yoko and she's like the hot anime lady there's a whole thing about how like all the boys have the hots for her because she's a ridiculous like you know clearly like a, a booby anime lady dressed up like a teacher trying to look modest and all the girls are very jealous it's very gendered and anime and nonsense but like through this like the kids like look at their history books and like you know the the people who made the city the people who are on like working with the girl in the gun look there's that lady with the gun doesn't that look like our teacher and they argue about is this her like it doesn't it really look like her could it be her um and she has this experience of, like taking care of these kids and it's like a very stock like she's learned the value of other people through motherhood um or like a metaphor for motherhood and raising these kids to the point where when she comes back she's uh, like she you know she called back into action as everyone's going to space and she's like oh i gotta go back and talk and like take care of my kids and everyone's like kids you have kids oh uh assuming that she means that she's a, a mother uh and not a school teacher um and uh it's all very ridiculous but it gives her at least something as like a character trait to hold on to that is not the plot in a way that i think like makes her shockingly her and rocio end up being the characters who have the most stuff going on that i'm like holding on to for a character that like i couldn't tell you two personality traits about her other than like loud girl with the big gun the last uh time we had this ep these episodes yeah that's definitely one of the better episodes in the back half and i think one of the things that could have been given more space is the um, towards the end of the series when we get the uh, the imagined realities trap that happens. Mm -hmm. I think if that had given some more space, that like you know it's it's the uh, uh, the Mongol giving gift of oblivion to Superman plot, right? Which yes. uh, which has been done so many times to varying degrees of quality. And I think this might be one of the worst just because it's not given any room for you to really understand why these realities matter to these characters. 
And like surely it's it's like a quarter of an episode and surely they could have found another three quarters somewhere in there. And I think that the what like the episode where Yoko is a teacher is like a, a an example of what that could have been for the rest of the cast potentially to to help you understand them. There, there's the bit of that, um, the bit where they do the uh, imagined realities thing, which is like a classic uh, plot that is in a million things. Um, uh, we've seen it like I've seen it myself like four mm-hmm. times this month. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's a good plot. Uh, it's a good plot trick. It's fun. It's 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 yeah. It's totally fine sometimes. Everyone um, loves their cafe AU. But I th- I think uh, it, I mean it illustrates a lot of why I like truly don't like the show and find its um worldview abhorrent uh because i think it's like the in a lot of those plots right it is often about what is reality is this fantasy that is superficially satisfying genuinely what i want to live how can i uh know what where, where the real me is um i think about some of the best ones of these like we big o does this like I, most of the time you say that a show does this and it's a spoiler because it does it like at the end it's always at the end uh big o is doing this constantly the big o is just like a founding premise of the big o they're always doing this uh and I think it's one of the best ones of this, uh, as it like, very much understands that like everything is fake, all realities are constructed. How do we uh, like pr- you know move forward from this? Um, Gurindagan doesn't have any of that. Instead, it's all about like usually there is a moment of realization to do with the self that brings on uh, a desire to return to the real world. That is not quite what happens with Shimon. With Shimon, the like the realization he has is that the Kamina in this this world can't be real because he's pathetic uh and initially i thought that, oh are they doing are they doing something interesting are they is this where shimon realizes that kamina was always just a, like a guy who sucked and the image of him was something that he made up because he was a child child <laughs> uh and the the again the answer it chooses is the the one where it like rejects complexity it's like no actually kamina was always cool uh and here you have to choose to believe that kamina was cool and by through believing that kamina was cool and through emulating this version of masculinity you can break out of this structure there was nothing was learned uh, there was no like test of simone's character uh, mm-hmm. they just it was just it just did that and i was like are you fucking kidding me um so yeah it was it was a really weird episode uh yeah it's it's interesting because like i think there's like interesting groundwork here to make a show i'm asking for a thing gynex can't do right like this is still gynex <laughs> anymore it, right <laughs> i'm asking for a thing that gynex literally their entire history is about like not being able to do this which is like self-reflect on what the anime tropes that they're carrying forward and like holding on to is like the core of like this is what we're about we're about repackaging the, the like otaku core beliefs into something new and vibrant as like a personality what does that mean for us like how do we how do we reflect on that and what are we carrying forward and should we be doing it um God, please just do it. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. But I've been asking that since like Attack on a Video, and like it's because like this is the studio that made fucking Gunbuster, which is the closest you get to like the purest version of this exact plot. Like they do the Gunbuster shit, which I know is like doing Ghetto Robo shit, whatever. But like they do the Gunbuster shit, um, and Gunbuster did the shit <laughs> twenty years ago. And I'm like, what are we? Why? What are we doing here? Twenty years later, going through this again. Uh, this time, it's like still in the auspices of like brash young men who uh, don't wear shirts. Uh, <laughs> what well, does this mean? I mean, this is the thing I like don't like about Fully Cooley, and then like was really grumpy about as we get to the end of this show uh, is the. Uh, 
I don't know why this is true, but for some reason Gynex was like thought it was the smartest thing in the world to literally do the fucking Dr. Horrible Hammer is my penis line, but like for the thematic core of their shit, multiple shows. <laughs> that is the point of it, Fooly Cooly. That the drill's a dick, it's a spiral power, it's DNA, it's evolution, this is the power, this is masculinity. It is not subtle about these things. And I'm like, shut up! Go back to putting girls in your show, please. At least you there's, couldn't there's do that. There's literally a bit where a guy, the guy who's uh like wants to like go live quietly with Yoko at her schoolhouse or whatever, is in the tiny robot and pulls out the world's biggest drill. He's like, I've got the big drill. Um, I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife, and does a yeah. dramatic drill with it. Yes, I'm like, thank you. I understand. It's like that Ben and Fully Cooley where the, the, the cool guy has like a small head thing. And I'm like, not as big as the teenager. And I'm like, guys, stop this. Stop this. I hate all you people. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just weird. And it, it definitely made me feel like, I feel like I have a reputation as an auto-hater, especially after the 3.0 plus 1.0 stuff being so bad. Um, but the thing that Gunbuster has that this show doesn't, uh, especially Gunbuster, is that when it goes to the, the, the scale. Because the, the famous thing about Grim the Gun is that, like, by the end of the show, scale is meaningless. Mm. They're throwing galaxies at each other. It is, like, always going harder. They're always finding ways to, like, take it more. Uh, when Gunbuster does scale like that, it does it because it understands the, like, melancholy of space. Uh, the scale of Gunbuster is the super cool attack right next to being estranged from time there's oh, no like three, three girls three girls who used to be the same age who are now three radically different ages yes yeah uh, and it, it doesn't have the other half of that but like coheres the genre together uh he just does the super scale thing and then comes back to earth and then his wife dies i guess but very arbitrarily um it's funny because like they even go to like the end of the show loves to do in the intense close-ups of the main characters the like scratchy faux pencils gun like gunbuster style art but like they're still holding to like this is in color it doesn't go black and white there's not like the pencil sketch stuff that you actually get in gunbuster but it's clearly evoking that um but that stuff ends up feeling like the first half of the show was like, you know, maybe I don't really like thematic material, but the cool thing is you get a, you get really good robot fights. Like, I, I like a big super robot doing a big fight. The second half of the show, um, because the anti-spirals are supposed to be weird and alien, they're like clone stamped CG models of like a one like one ship for like most of the big fights and attacks. Like, we've got like a thousand of these guys coming out of a portal. But then it just it just evokes like Hollywood action scenes where there's always a thousand guys coming. I like I watched like the big city fight where Simone's fighting a bunch of anti spirals. I'm like, this is just the Avengers. Like I already hate <laughs> this version of this action scene. Yeah. I've seen it a hundred times. I understand that this would like the everything yes. is a CG thing coming out of a portal was not true in 2007, but it yes. is true now. Yeah, it is true now. Um, but that like carries on into like by the bit by the end where it's like they're standing on a galaxy throwing other galaxies at each other. Uh, it's meant to be this huge thing. Um, it ends up kind of having the same problem that the Ava 4 ends up having, where it's so, like, in in the representational space, it's still two guys, like, just having a one-on-one, -on -one, like, squaring off with each other. Um, the part where it's, like, a big alien robot being throwing galaxies ends up feeling like it's it just like it, it's not quite as bad as Ava 4's version of this, but it kind of just feels like a Toku guy throwing special effects at someone. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well be big plastic printed out galaxy pinwheels, right? Like, um, for all of the impact that it has, I just ended up feeling like I'm like, I thought the show was going to go wild at the end. And like the actual wild thing is the bit when they're coming to the anti-spirals and there's a bit where the ship like hits 
an ocean in the middle of space they couldn't see it's like a barrier between like the realities and he just like crashes into an ocean and like the ship begins to like sink into this ocean that they didn't know was there in space and there's like these big faces and hands of the anti-spiral like like the things that went to try to fight the anti-spirals before because the matrix sequels happened to everyone everything will repeat everyone has always tried to be fighting the anti-spirals and lost um and you get all these cool like remnants of like embodied things like hands and faces and other Gurren Lagann style robots that were all wrecked and that stuff's like really evocative but then it turns into a, two big guys slugging it out like it might as well be you know Ultraman or something like I just at that point I'm like it could have been weirder and it was weirder there's like the whole bit where right when everyone's going through their like visions of alternate realities the anti-spiral like comes onto the bridge and it's like a weird sketchy guy it ends up feeling like almost like a like Kaiba or something like it ends up like veering into like suggestive impressionistic yuasa style territory and like this is really interesting uh there's there's something like this happened in uh grand Bell, which is covered there's a bit where like the villain reveals themselves in like and they like distend into a weird sketchy pencil thing in kind of the same way that the anti-spiral reveals itself and i'm like this is like really neat and then it turns into a big robot that we have to punch again because that's like the framework by which these stories they've decided the story has to be told and a big robot punches another big robot um I think you need to go. You need to go further than that. Like we've already had plenty of those. The show's littered with a bunch of big fights because it's compressing forty years of people who love Toku into a twenty-seven episode anime. So, uh, Jackson, I know you said you watched the movies. M, did you end up watching them? No, J- Jackson was like, I don't think you. I don't think you'd get anything extra out of the movies if you watch them. And I'm yes. this is the first day I started my new job, so it's been a little uh, rough yeah. this week. I watched them and I was like, "There's no, there's no plot differences. They expand the battles. Uh, they give everyone a new robot in the uh, the uh, the final battle, and they give the Gurren a new form. But it fundamentally doesn't actually change what happens, other than both of them have like more elaborate an- animation at the end." Yeah, that uh, I I watched the movies, and uh, it's definitely just fan service. It's not a way to onboard anyone onto the the franchise because <laughs> there's too much that's just left out from the show and uh, it, the first movie especially is one of the worst compilation movies i've ever seen <laughs> yeah um and i don't mean this is like like i know i'm critiquing her in a gun but this is even this isn't this is separate from that this is just like that's not a compilation movie this is a clip show even by the standards of compilation movies which are already very low uh it is basically a clip show uh it, it, incomprehensible the second one holds together a little better um but it still cuts out every cuts out all the Yoko stuff, cuts out basically all the Rushi stuff. Um, but does the, the a Rushi scene, job of cutting out that stuff and pin, pinning it all back together. Yeah, the Rushi scene. He doesn't. He does, when they pick up everyone in the first movie, it just shows a montage of like everyone joining the clue. So all this is the context about Rushi's old society gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything about like what Kitan was doing doesn't exist anymore. Um, so in in the movie, instead of going back home because his home doesn't like, hasn't hasn't been set up, uh, he's just trying to shoot himself in his office, <laughs> uh, and it's just yeah, just just it's a just, bit bleaker, <laughs> a very different um, situation. Oh, I, so I'm watching this like final robot fight. I just pulled up a video of it, and one definitely way more expensive. Two, Nia's just like tits out in this, huh? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't. I was not kidding when I said that. It's the movies are just fan service. Like in so many ways, they they just were like, okay, where can we add more blood? Where can we add more tits? Where can we add more like of of fan favorite stuff? 
uh, Nia being like tits out, and specifically big tits out, is so funny. I'm like, the whole thing was that Nia was the small tits girl. That's like <laughs> going going through anime tropes here. I'm not like critiquing you, but this was this is what you did, and now you're like, ah, oh, we can't help ourselves with Gainax. Let's just draw Nia having some kill to kill like boob animation. I'm like, what? It, it's really funny because like the first episode, I remember being like, Jackson was really down. I'm like, I I really like the introduction of Nia. I think she adds a lot to the plot. I'm like really excited to see where that goes. Instantly spirited away to be like the MacGuffin that everyone's trying to go rescue slash the villain who just like talks robotically and has no personality the rest of the show. I was like, I've never been so owned. I just want <laughs> a princess from space. It's all I want. It's like, it's half the reason I like, I like Alnoa Zero is it just has a princess from Mars and I think she's neat. It's just a, a trope I'm a sucker for. I mean, she, um. she is set up even in the, sh- even in the show. Like it's not even like us doing the read. There are so many opportunities where the show could be like, um, Shimon idolizes Kamina, but then through Nia understands that this vision of how to be a person is not the only way to be and uh, comes to figure out his own identity in a more special way of being like a person, which is what the first half of the show posits as true. And it kind of goes out the window for the second half when he is just Kamina. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely could have done a, like, even if they still wanted him to be Kamina-like, they could have at least tried to synthesize who he was previously written as and who like who the person he idolizes was like there, there is a middle ground they could have gone for and just did not yeah in- but- instead the choice they make is like they have that line at the end where Kamina's like, you're taller than me now. Like, now you've become the cool guy. Yeah, like, the, he spends the entire, like, I, I, you know, I had this final fight, but, like, this is true in the show, too. He spends the entire final thing. He's wearing the coat. He's shirtless. He's got the big glasses. Like, he's just the loud, brash guy. He's just become this character entirely. Might as well not have killed Kamina at all. Yes. I, it's just really strange. I will say, this movie... Uh, you know the part where they animate a new fight it, it's a nicer fight than the one the show got yeah the the, uh, the tv yeah. show's final fight is honestly kind of underwhelming uh like upon a, a rewatch for me it's just it's not legible at all basically until the yeah. anti-spiral does the the big bang attack mm-hmm. this is just the end of final fantasy 7 though also <laughs> They just have a big shirtless slugfest in in like a weird null space. Yeah, that, that's part yes. that's part of the reason I asked whether or not you watch it, M, is because it really like just boils it down as as you're as you're saying thematically, it boils down to two people punching each other. And here in the movie version of the climax, that's literally what happens: is Simone <laughs> yes, and the anti spiral fucking happens. punching each other. Yes, uh, it's. Uh, and I guess, like, if that's the thing you th- that you value and think is cool, then I, I understand why, if, like, if that's what you want, Gurren Lagann's got it. Um, this is not what I'm looking for out of this anime. I'm looking for a thing that's about the limits of that and what you find on the other side that isn't about those things. Like, like I like Dragon Ball. I'm a huge fucking Dragon Ball fan, which is a show that's very often derided for being about immense fights between two people punching each other for minutes at a time. Ep- whole episodes devoted to waiting to punch and then throwing a punch and then talking about it. The thing I like about that is it's a story. It's, it's a story actually about like the family that you build up along the way going on those adventures. There's a huge cast here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Leron's a problematic queer character. I think he's great. I love him. Yeah. Uh, he, he enters my favorite problematic queer character stable with uh, Ogren and Gaim is in there too. And the guy from Uri on Ice, who's also a huge problematic guy. Love him. Um, 
those characters get nothing. They show up at the end and they all got new space outfits and like, we're here to support you. And they all do the big cheer. Um, but like the show's not about them. It never has time for them. Um, yeah. And you're just left like, why, why, what's the point then? If it's all still about the rugged individual, uh, are these characters even there? Like they barely prop up Simone at that point. Like they just show up, do a montage of we're rooting for you. And then he does the big fight on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I, something I thought that was kind of strange about, about the changes in the movies is that uh, another way that it is fan service is they give a bit more attention to those side characters, still not enough to like really uh, make them meaningful, but like you, you get a better sense slightly of who they are. And it's like, why wasn't this in your main show? If you wanted us to care about them at all, like in, in, in the show, they sacrifice themselves and it basically means fucking nothing. The closest is, when Catan does that, but that's because he got the extra attention that none of the rest of the characters whose names I didn't know until I watched the movie because <laughs> they're put on screen. Uh, yeah. And like when, but the problem is that when they do give Catan the extra attention and when they do this for any character, it is often in the vision of like Catan's extra plot is mostly about once again how he, whether or not he can find his way to be as cool as Kamina or mm-hmm. not is the only it's like the only vision this show has for how to self-actualize is to behave like the most selfish awful man who's ever lived <laughs> um, <laughs> this is how you are this is how you be and like when Shimon is at the end he sees like Kima, uh, Katan and Kamina all hanging out together and like these dead legends and I'm like god damn what is going on um yeah, it is. It is very weird, and then, like, I do like the, some of the side characters, but again, it's like, what is the show should talk about that? It should talk about like, if it's a show about how you have to be a man who makes the world happen, but you also need the support of others. What? How do the others factor into this? This is the thing that like separates good shonen from bad shonen. Like Naruto has the same situation. Well, I read this recently. I read Naruto, and it's also a show about a guy who is, through self belief, going to win every single fight ever. But that manga is mostly about how everyone else relates to him, attempts to use him, attempts to uh, like how, what it says about their own life and how their own struggles and how they can uh, whether they should like use him in the CIA or not. Uh, and then when it starts being about the main plot of the end, it becomes far worse. <laughs> like that's the like crunchy stuff that it like makes a lot of shonen good. Like it's the stuff that you know. Once you understand, there are shows and it is common. It is not like an uncommon thing. There are many shonen shows that understand that being the super powerful guy who wins everything is the beginning of the conversation and not the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it is not it is both it is the only note there is a, there is no evolution uh, i felt like the final fight at the end is the it's identical to the final fight with with uh the spiral king with lord genome with lord genome it's, yeah it ends up yeah. just doing the same and thing worse. yeah it's really interesting <laughs> And I find it fascinating because, like, like I said, like they have the episodes early on where he blows up the city, and it turns out you can't make the world uh, fix. And then they they do the same plot. And I'm like, well, what did we learn? What 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 is anyone meant to walk away from this episode understanding as a moral here? It's like I don't understand what you are meant to think from what the series is saying because it seems like so about the power of self belief and rejecting all criticism to the point of nihilism. Because I'm like, what 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 are, what are you what are you what? <laughs> 
I can't actually, I can't punch everything in real life. Um, and you had a whole arc about how you can't punch everything in real life, and then you kept punching things. So I don't, I don't know uh, where I meant to go. But then the final fight with Lord Genome is cooler. The bit where Lord Genome gets out the mech and is like, "I will punch you," and then the bit where Shimon uses his drill, like his smaller drill, to uh, take out Lord Genome's chest, is a better version of the same fight that they do at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really like wants. I think the message it wants to like give you is that you need to keep trying to 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 move forward, but it does it in the one of the worst possible ways. I, so I went around looking for like positive because I hate being a hater. I I've been very M knows I've been so anxious about this episode because I like <laughs> profoundly didn't like this show, and I'm like this is so so popular, and I understand that what I'm essentially doing is going on a podcast and being like, damn, Green the Gone is basically fascist, and that's like a comedic position <laughs> that I will be yelled at for. So I've been very anxious for it, and I've tried to explain my reasons, but I'm going to read like why do people why this show is like this show isn't popular it is beloved it is like a classic everyone adores the show and i go find these reviews and it's like multiple like multiple youtube video essays where the entire point is like before this show uh i was i didn't understand how to live my life but now i know you gotta seize seize the day i'm hustling now it just people talking about jordan peterson lectures to me is like <laughs> the reaction to this show is that like people put camera show me the way to be uh you know start to success hashtag success hashtag winning it's like and it just it just feels very depressing like very alienating to me like it doesn't i don't feel any of that at all i feel very disheartened uh when i watch currently gone i'm like this doesn't apply to me at all i was gonna say it's also like weirdly uh slightly i I wouldn't even say muddled because of the fact of like just how blatant the show is but like throughout the show it does talk about like how you need the people supporting you and then as as was said does like nothing with that you get the line about how kamino was pulling from above and kitan was pushing from below and in the movie kitan adds to that saying that the rest of the c-tier cast was you know pushing him but then it doesn't like it says that and then doesn't have any action supporting that outside of the uh like the climactic fight in the movie version and even then like not that strongly (laughs) yeah because all the all the villains are existential villains like they are just they are bad right they are they are obviously evil in ways that are like clear yeah if there so were, when they like yeah if, if there was going to be any sort of like moral conflict in the show between two like positions of equal value it probably would have happened between simone and lord genome like but at the end of the first half of the show because you had to like even within the confines of the show's like ideology and plot contrivances, you had two powerful, ultra powerful spiral users who were at odds with different views of how the world should work. And then it didn't consider that at all. It was just, as you said, Lord Genome is a pure evil existential threat. There's, he only there's gets even, the complication later, yeah. There's even seeds of that in like the first, I think it's the first episode after the time skip where they're all work like, like the grunt like like enforcer like he works in his mech with the humans who have decided they don't want to live in the city like 
Simone built a city. Society happened. They've got highways and like universities and the internet and TV. Um, like Macross happened to everyone. Culture is real. But some people are like, we've lived underground for 10,000 years. This is our, this is who we are. This is what our societies are. Not everyone was like in the shitty mining village like Simone and Common and wanted out. Um, they don't want to go to the surface and they like have formed coalitions to decide not to do that. Um, and they don't spend any time talking about like what does what does progress mean and is it worth like rolling over people's beliefs even if they do keep people exploited because there's not even like an awareness of material reality enough to say exploitation was happening in these underground villages in a different and worse way than it might be happening in a city which as far as i can tell is just modern japan but like a super city <laughs> and right there are literal shots of the <laughs> yeah there are little shots of the um uh, you know, the crossing. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they just built Shinjuku crossing, uh, in, in this city. I'm like, guys, can we yeah, go one out of there? There's just like, there's like a, there's like a jingle for something on television. There's just like, they're just like advertisements. Right. So th- like people work jobs and make money and spend that money on products that are advertised. It's just like modern capitalism. But like we started of the, like, they, they grew up in like a mining town. It was like, everyone works for the company and all you get is the gruel the company throws at you. And that's why we have to climb out of this hole because this hole is keeping us down where we're just like an exploited working class of 200 years ago. That was the metaphor. Um, and th- now it's people who hold on to those old beliefs versus the new gleaming world of the world we live in. Uh, I, I like, can we talk about it? No, it's like <laughs> there and gone, like in an instant. Um, and it's it's just like, and like maybe that's just the the Gynex slash trigger thing is like, there are people who are very style over like over substance, and I sometimes that's fine. Like I like Kill a Kill, and um, there's there's plenty of stuff that I don't mind them doing. Um, but I'm just left like if you could just wait a second, I think you'd get a better story out of it. Even if you even if you don't handle it like the way I want, like at least you could invest people in things. When we talk about like. Jackson, we'll go circling back a couple minutes. You talked about like people believe in this, like people care about it and really form yes. who they are. Partly that's like this this show was like really big with a certain age and at a certain time. Like this has been on Netflix forever. Like when Netflix was just starting streaming, you could watch this on Netflix. I like people saw this who weren't anime weren't anime people, like in the way we think of it now, or watching seasonal shows on Crunchyroll all the time. Yeah. This show hit before that. It was big in it like was Death a, Note big. Yeah, it was Death Note big. Um and it, like partially, so when we sit here and go like, you know, Gunbuster did this and blah blah blah, like we can point to a different bunch of different like you, this turns into Yamato at the end and whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no one's seen those. Yeah, <laughs> no one's seen those. Least. But also like when I think about like I watch Dragon Ball and I, I like I, this is like my one, but you can use Naruto for this. I'm too old for Naruto to be the one. And I think Naruto actually mishandles this one thing. And you've talked about this when you talked to me about Naruto, yes. but like the first part of Naruto, specific, like especially really early on, and especially the anime, I think this is less true in the manga. Naruto's a, a kid who's got a lot of problems, and he he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe my way through them, and and you find the thing that he finds the thing that's true and the thing that they show over and over again is that his belief is not necessarily the thing. He will always be willing to chalk it up to be, he believed his way through it, but it's the part where he's got people who are like rooting for him and pulling for him and take like the compassion he shows others is reflected back on himself. And like, it's about the connections that are built. Like that's the thing I like about Dragon Ball. I like this a bit of a big extended family. Goku's never met a villain. He doesn't try to reform and make a best friend out of like, that's why he ends up having a huge family and can do anything is not because he's the strongest guy. Even if he is the strongest guy, it's about like, you know, Vegeta's his best friend. <laughs> and that's a guy who did genocides and like he was sworn <laughs> enemies with. Um Piccolo was his other best friend. Like he was the villain of the other show. <laughs> like um, the big villain, not yeah, just the, the big villain. villain. This is the yeah. real villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and it, like when I think about it, I feel like shows like this 
end up being the thing like it really reflects like friends of the table had the thing in the season about counter which is like you've beaten your worst days which is like the slogan that the evil company has that like convinces people like this is the thing you carry with you and they're, they're like this is the thing that gets you going through hard days and you talk about like people talking about shonen anime like it's hustle culture and it's very easy to take a show like this and be like or Dragon Ball or Naruto be like, Date Bayo, that's it. Like, I'm just going to believe my way through and miss the part where the story is about that that's not enough. You still need people in your life and you still need the connections. I think that's the thing that Shonen is often very bad at doing, but it's still the thing that makes any Shonen I like worth watching or experiencing yeah. is like, it's about the it's about the connections between people and it's about like the differences in what people are good at and what they care about, the coming together to gel, to create like collective effort. Um, it's a part, it's about the part where my friends are my power. Like Sora Kingdom Hearts, we make fun of Sora as like a, a goofy shonen protagonist, but he's a guy who always knows that he's not with shit. It's all the people around him that make him useful and powerful. Yeah. And so, so I, I do think this show has that, but I think mm-hmm. in, in, so I think it's actually more intentional, intentional to the wrong word. Cause I don't, you know, but I do think it is more, uh, in the text is I guess a better word. I think yeah. the, like, you know, the famous line from this show is the believe in the me that believes in you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, this show has a lot of uh, power friendship stuff. It, the big thing they add to, like the fi- the new final form of Gurren Lagann at the end is an even bigger mech made up of everyone's mech that transforms together. Yes. Uh, is the is the like the main addition? Um, yes. But it, through the idea of the like believe in the me that believes in you uh, thing, it is in many ways an intentional refocusing of the power of friendship into being the self-belief it tries to synthesize those into one thing where the good shonen shows understands those are distinct things and mm. both important mm. um and that's the part where like it's it's weird because like the show needs and it needs it to be an inarguable fact that what simone says is not just Simone's will, but the will of humanity. Not because he has people backing him up, but because his belief fundamentally is people's belief, right? Is what you is what you have to uh, you have to be on board with that for anything about the ending to work. Yes, um, and that that's the difference to me. <laughs> the difference, like to talk a bit about uh, like Dragon Ball Z, which I think does this really. There's a bit like towards the end of the Buu saga, where Goku needs a spirit bomb, right? But he, he doesn't have enough people because there's not enough people left because bad things have happened. And he's like, I don't know where to get the power. And so Vegeta tries to berate the people of Earth into giving Goku power because they don't know who Goku is. And uh, they like, they're like, oh, they're like, that kid who fought in the fighting tournament 20 years ago, that guy, I guess we can give him power. So a couple people give him power or whatever. And then Vegeta's like, no, you got to give him power. I need power. to read Dragon Ball. <laughs> like, you know, you got to give him power. And like Vegeta, that's the guy who like did a genocide. We're not, we're not listening to him. So they, have to, they have to get Mr. Satan to convince everyone to give him the power because people fucking love mr satan so when he tells them to do it they're gonna fucking do it that's um, so good man and like that being the linchpin, like mr satan convincing everyone no we need you all to believe in goku otherwise we can't do shit um is good like it understands what the the, the key to this moment is is you need people you need to unite those things the will the, the will of individuals the people reading the people in the story everyone has to be united with the will of the protagonist or it doesn't work yes mm-hmm. uh. um and there's a bit at the end like of like this where they end up like there's so much stuff that's like just seeded from other anime about like the anti spirals like we were like you once we were spiral beings and we realized that we were like through our consumption we're destroying the universe so we had to remove ourselves into another universe so we wanted to make sure no one else could do it um and we're going to make sure no one develops strong enough where they can harm the universe and it like ends up being this weird ecological slash anti-progress or progress's sake screed but it's like 
just a mishmash of six other things and the answer is for Simone to go uh no I'm doing it uh, for real we're doing good this time no answers just punch it out and, we, and then the answer was like I I guess truly humanity has surpassed our expectations we, 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 we bequeath this responsibility to look after the universe to you and I'm like what's earned here like what, what why why should I be united with Simone's wish for this to be true I, nothing about the society he's built convinces me that he has an answer or cares about any of this in the first place. Um, and that's like where the d connection doesn't come from, right? Like uh, when you ask for that uniting of purpose between the readers and the people in the stories and the protagonists in the story, I just end up going like, you didn't, you didn't do the work. You didn't, you just do shorthand of you've seen anime before, um, which I have, but the way in which I do that means I have a lot of questions <laughs> and not just like, hell yeah, this is like the other shows I like. What, um, what's kind of funny is that what you're saying your example from Dragon Ball that mm -hmm. uh, is so pertinent to this discussion is that there is the perfect opportunity in this show, in the final episode, I think, where they could have basically done the same thing. You know, there's the portal that opens to Earth and all the people mm -hmm. are watching the huge fight. Yes. And there could have been a single throwaway line about how everyone, like, believes in in Simone and is giving them their energy and whatever to show that as it, you said, Simone's will is the will of the people. It could even be Rosu who's Rosu is a character who's been the spokesperson of the people. And he could turn that back on them and be like, as, as like leader of the government who last everyone knew was trying to arrest and like execute Simone. I need you to believe in him. He's actually fighting for all of us. Like he could give the speech. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't have that scene. <laughs> right. He, but he becomes the president at the end. Like at the end, Rushu is in yeah. charge because he's yes. the only guy that doesn't, he like wants to do things beyond fight. Yes. <laughs> like he conceptualized, I mean, actually him and Leron, because Leron's also the CIA's tech guy. <laughs> 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 but like, you know, that's why he's in charge at the end is the, yeah. All the stuff that, like, so there was, like, a glimmer of an like, a understanding of that, but they could have made it, like, the actual plot um, in a way that was right there, was there on the table, but they don't actually take it. Uh, like, it's, like, I understand that, like, this is a big flashy show about hitting the big peaks, but the, the peaks work better when the connective material is there to, like, lead you on that ramp, right? Like, you need to, you need to be bought in to, like, really have that stuff hit. And then the peaks don't need to be as big. You don't need giant galaxy-spanning robots throwing galaxies at each other if you're just invested emotionally. You can just have the two guys slugging it out, and it can be worth the world. Mm -hmm. Gotta I have mean, the think, context think about... and the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about, I'm just gonna, I'm picking, picking the show I like, but I that I always bring up but I pick it up because it is not very like incredibly good I watch a basketball show I watch characters in basketball that show is cheap uh, it is like not that deep um, but like when the big like you know when the, the game is won I feel more than I do at the end of Girl and the Gun uh, because it has done the emotional work to be like no I am united behind the protagonist he believes that basketball should be fun this guy hasn't seen the joy of sport yet you know most stock plot that's ever existed in a sports anime uh, but it you know you care about the characters and it works it's not like a complicated you know situation that do the storytelling uh so like rushing so quickly between fights is like well, I, yeah so so what you're saying is girl and the god has wrestlemania booking right girl and the god has wrestlemania book it's like 27 wrestlemanias <laughs> it's like 27 WrestleManias. <laughs> it does though like you laugh yeah. but that is just no. true no it is true <laughs> i laugh because it's true it's weird because like i watch this i'm like i see why this was huge i'm I guess, like, on some level, I remember when I started, when we started GGP, I joked about Gurren Lagann being one people are going to pick for Beach House. And, like, no, for a while, no one bit. And, like, in the Discord, people were like, why do you think Gurren Lagann is, like, because I'm old and I remember when people talked it up as the biggest show on Earth. But, like, 
because anime has happened, now you can just get it all the time. You can watch every seasonal show on Crunchyroll, like simulcast. Um, I feel like the the intense love for this one has gone away culturally in a big way. Um, I mean, it is like locked to a certain generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it is. It is as someone who was there and was a huge fan back in the day. It does feel strange how um, locked in time it is in a real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like kind of disappointing because like anime culture doesn't go back, but it also is another thing of like, you know, it's a bit selfish for, and I mean this for me as well. Not like I don't like going the guns. It's easy to say that, but I mean this about things like Death Note and Code Geass and other like shows I genuinely like, even if they're you know, I mean, Death Note is actually good. Code Geass is kind of bad, uh, but I love Code them Geass both. Is definitely bad. But um, I do like Code Geass. <laughs> but like you know, there there is definitely can can easily be an arrogance of you know my generation or m generation of like i know we're like all basically the same age but in terms well, of anime no, watching the, the problem like, the problem with my generation is for my generation it was shit like ava and bebop which are shows that i would love to be as forgotten as gurren lagan but the, the like i guess that's true you're the, the, the fucking merchandising and and generational wealth means that those are the ones that are getting exploited for nostalgia mining now so yes uh, just just wait in, in until like theoretically in 10 15 years when we get the the live action netflix naruto adaptation oh fuck yes that that won't happen Um, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be that'd be really funny but um, (laughs) i think that's gonna happen uh god the return of of uh people wearing those headbands everywhere to every single hell yes I'm just, I just mean like with Boruto, like I feel like Naruto's stock dropped hard after it finished. Yes. Culturally, in a way that is different from even the generational thing. It just kind of just went away. Uh, I wonder if people will stop fucking talking about One Piece when it finishes. <laughs> yeah, it's hard say. to say. That Dragon is- Ball was always kind of real, and like but then when it came back, it like really blew up again. But like, yeah. I mean, Naruto was, has not continued know, to have movies like Dragon Ball did, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. I mean, you know. Thing, different things have different merch. Like a lot of it is like the stuff that's kept in the public consciousness, right? Like Ava, Ig- Ava kept existing even when it was incredibly out of print because Japan just kept making merchandise of Evangelion. There was always what? a manga or a fucking toothbrush or a big statue you could get with Ava. <laughs> or a train, on. Yeah, a or literal a train. actual train. Yeah, I mean Ava's like big in a way that anime isn't big. Ava yeah. is bigger than anime in some ways. But I mean, part uh, not- of the reason when hitting Netflix was big was because it was a show that if you're not torrenting anime, you couldn't get a hold of. In America, there's no fucking way to watch it, period. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a rare thing of like something that is that culturally huge, especially in Japan and also worldwide. But was it like the licensing didn't work out? Yeah. Uh, so that, that was like a special case. But like yeah. Ava will... I have no idea what will happen to Ava after this. Uh, I assume someone will make... Like, it being owned by Kara complicates it. Uh, yeah. If it was owned by Sunrise, there would have been, like, someone else's Ava in 97, and then no one would have... It would have been a different thing. It would have been Gundam, yeah. right? Like, it wasn't... Yeah. Uh, not the same. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the other thing is just, to go back to the show, is that this is... This is my least favorite plot point in all of anime. And I say this because it's in every show I've made. Uh, I wish it would stop. Um, and when the show... Or the video game, because it's in the games too, it's in the whole thing, boils down to a villain that says uh, human progress is bad because of problems, and a protagonist that says, I will fix the problems, but don't ask me how because of self-belief and or friendship. Uh, I just go, fuck, damn it, they got me again. It's all building to this? Are you kidding me? Always, every time. It's fucking every show I've made. <laughs> it is every show I've made. Barrett Walls drills for oil. 
<laughs> even, the, even the things we love are not free of sin no no it's the whole thing yeah at the very least when gundam did this uh it was at least kind of sardonic about it well, yeah the, the part where the part where no one had an answer was literally like the tragedy it's like we're all wrapped yes. in this war and no one knows turns out that they never really did figure it out huh and then they they you know tomino kept making kept going after that point um yep. One of my favorite things about Gundam is how, like, when you tell the story of UC history, uh, you don't need to mention Shah's counterattack. <laughs> it is barely a footnote. It doesn't actually change I mean, anything. All you need to say is Zeon kept trying to overthrow the Earth government, and then they failed, and then they went away. And right, guess what like, kept going? The, the the decayed corpse of the Earth government. <laughs> right. But, like, Shah's counterattack is the, the, the conclusion framed as the conclusion to Gundam but if you look at it like a Gundam is the story of like a history it doesn't matter nothing happens in that maybe that matters uh, maybe Cosmo it could Babylonia have tried again they didn't right, do yeah. it either <laughs> if, 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 if Shah had succeeded maybe it would have been the most important thing that ever happened but he didn't so it doesn't matter uh, and that's what Gundam's about <laughs> yeah. uh, in a way that like you know very few other anime are like operating that that space um and even also, like even like Macross, I like Macross. Macross is a big dumb guy franchise about anime that really believes that singing can solve all problems. Um, but even that's about like we had these problems that people from space were like, we can't let your culture rise up. You're dangerous. They're like, no, we're not. Uh, how? We're not going to explain it. We're just going to power our way through. And then it, every show about, past that has been grappling with people realizing, no, actually, they, were, they had good points. They had some valid criticisms of what our culture would be like when we overran the galaxy. Um, and it never comes to a new, it never comes to like an actual solution. It's always new. We sing our way through it. And this one problem's fixed, but let's not talk about the other problems. That's for another show. Um, but at least it's like trying to like, continually ask the question and is that just like what i'm willing to settle for yeah i guess so if i want to enjoy anime at all i have to be willing to settle for at least that um but um at least it's better than never asking the questions in the first place trying to I, imagine the anime show that would need that that gr that tries to grapple with the answer to the question of how can we harmonize human progress that's that just feels so wildly outside of the bounds of what anime can be like maybe a novel could be that but the yeah. amount of like bureaucracy theoretically and like governmental shifts that would have to form the plot that's yeah that's you know i mean at that point we're in the realm of like speculative political treatise and not a show about characters often like teenagers who are doing cool things that they want you to watch so mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is this is where anime fails, and you just need to read a book, I guess. But yeah. like, <laughs> yes. um, when you discuss like what this is doing and what why I think it falls down, like I'm left with like, you should at least like point the direction to answers, right? Like to me, it's like it behooves you if you think that it's true that humanity should try to push past our impulse to like maybe we shouldn't do these things and have progress. If you think progress is good, you need to at least offer like a gesture towards why. Simo <laughs> Simone is the uh, fracking company investing in carbon capture. <laughs> God, and, and also like have a gesture towards progress is bad. Like you need the villain to have a reason progress is bad, other than it is right. Like and this is just that uh, eventually evolution will lead to decay and um, entropy, uh, and thus we must be this. Like it, it is the what was the um I guess it was narrative. Was it something else? That, I've because it happened in every show. I'm like, which one am I specifically mentioning? Where someone had real? I guess it was probably the Sasuke have a narrative. Someone has real critiques about a real society that actually exists, and they are the plot like using the 
gentle hand of an author attempts to convince you that that is actually about whether we should give up on life and i'm like those are those are radically different things you cannot convince me those are the same thing uh, but there's so many shows I think like you know i don't like going a gun but shows i like do this as well that's like the whole thing um i i do want to say that i think maricross is a really important comparison point here um because maricross is one of the first not the first uh but it is one of the massive examples of like the otaku show from the like creative side yes. right uh this because this is a show that loves anime and macross is a show that loves anime yeah macross Toto... is macross is doing macross is a bunch of animation nerds making their own yamato like we, if we put yes. pop music in it, it'd be way bigger guess what they were right <laughs> but i'm thinking about like the other people that we always reference on the show like you know tomino is not inspired tomino's subtweeting a book yes uh, <laughs> like a non-fiction book yes uh, and uh you know you'd look at other people like oshi he's also like reading like you know dallas is the battle of algiers right there are yes uh, this genre comes out of inspiration outside of anime and gurren Lagann is all inspiration is all insular mm-hmm. it is the most already inside anime thing that you could make yes yeah i mean yeah and macross also is like what if yes. yamato instead of having to defeat the aliens we could just come win them over to our side through like rock music like literally the answer it's like the most it's the most like juvenile answer in the world <laughs> And know, I'm not even great. saying that's derogatory, like necessarily. It's just true. That's what the thing is about. <laughs> and Macross is really fascinating as well because of how, like, that's the story. That is always the story. You can always make that critique. I love the show. I hate the movie. Same story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, that 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 difference in space is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it uh, has it has its own that has its own social context too. Where like the way in, like the way we'll win is through the culture war is like very end of end of the cold war like decayed soviet union stuff right like oh all we got to do is be nice to the russians and give us give them the american media and eventually they'll they'll be won over to our side but like macross isn't about that being true it's not talking about those things right but yeah i don't i don't see like a uh thematic thrust in gurnagan beyond re articulating things that have already been in anime and the way that does change them around make them like distasteful to me like i find it worse uh yeah in ways i've already gone about it's definitely uh gainax at some of its peak gainax with like all of the various tropes that gainax brings to all of their stuff and also them just being huge anime nerds yeah Hmm. but it's interesting because like watching this like I was I was very I like I I'm, like Jackson really reacted negatively to this. I this second half I was mostly like really bored. I was like, I, what are we? What am I wasting my time with in this show? Like, what is? <laughs> why am I being sat through this? And like, what is here? But like talking through it, I'm like, this is like a good like reflection on like the things that I want out of anime and what it's what it can do, even in like a very well trod genre space and like what works and what doesn't. Like, I think this conversation's like. Made, made me appreciate having watched Gurren Lagann, even if I don't like it, you know? Like, what I want out of anime is clearer for just looking at anime and being like, not that. The answer is not that. <laughs> Why it's not that is, like, a good thing to grapple with. Because it's easy I, to just say, because it's a show about, like, a certain type of, like, to- toxic, especially, like, juvenile masculine mindset that I don't really truck with. But, like, there's more to it than that. Like, what that represents is, like, bigger culturally and has many more tendrils and a lot of different things. Um and like I think you know we've touched on a lot of those. I think it's, it's good. Like I'm like man, I feel way better about having watched this and talked through it now than I did like last time we sat down and talked about it. Uh, yes. No. I'm, I mean, I, I feel good about this conversation. Uh, and I it was a cl- it was a classic Jackson. Like you know, uh, you don't care. I 
felt betrayed by the show. It was all because of the Russia stuff. Like, I deeply identified with Russia as some... Like, this is a critique of a lot of shows I make. And this is a thing that I... like. If you listen to Beach Houses and like, whenever why is Jackson more down in the show that everyone else likes? They will all, basically always say the same thing that I'm constantly sympathizing with, like not necessarily the bad guy uh, in shows because it's a, it depends on the like so I'm sympathizing with the person who has actual material struggles, uh, <laughs> and that's what Rushu is. Like Simon doesn't have any struggles. Like he get I guess goes to prison, but they're they're fake ideas. Rushu has is like actually in a conflict and doesn't have any good answers, and that is what being a person is, and that is why I relate to Russia so much, and that is why the bit where Simone punches him in the face and says that's a lie is like genuinely hurtful. I'm like fuck off. What do you like? I cared about this. I wanted answers. I want I watch fiction for exploring these things, and I feel like the show insults the very idea of investing in that uh through that plot point so yeah that's absolutely why i came out uh so kind of like man fuck this uh by the end because uh, that is always like you know was, uh shows i love where like watching them was hard because of how much i do this. this is this is my experience watching ping pong i think the ping pong is a show um maybe the show that most encapsulates my worldview of any show we've ever watched and thus watching it was one of the most painful things in the world (laughs) 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 you know what i mean uh it's yeah so uh, that's just how i watch anime i guess (laughs) um yeah um yeah uh, is there anything else about Gurren Lagann? I feel like we've gone very far afield, but I feel like that's appropriate given how much it, it, it wants to pull from certain responsibility there. Well, I, I uh, put this on the Beach House list so that the two of you could complete your uh, Gainax uh, history since it was like the only thing that you hadn't covered. Jackson and needs to watch a Takano video and we both we need to both watch need his to watch circumstances. Nadia. And Nadia, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I need to, I'm, I'm going to read Karakano first. I, I want oh, okay. to. I'm very interested in that show, but specifically as an adaptation, so I want to mm. read and watch it. Okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah, uh, this was this was definitely a big one, though. Uh, hang on, uh, let me. Let's, if you brought this up. Let me let me take a look. I'm just taking a second here. So, what have we actually seen from Gainax? We've seen Wings of Honeyamase. We've seen Evangelion. We've seen Gunbuster. Gunbuster. We've seen Guybuster. Uh, we've seen this. I think that's it for both of us. That's not everything. It's definitely not everything. I've seen a talk in a video. Uh, um, yeah. We've all seen Fula Cooley. Yeah, it's like seven. Sh- what's, what's the ranking of Gainax then? <laughs> uh, Gunbuster number one with a bullet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's easy. <laughs> um, I think, I think Evangelion's two. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it is a toss-up between Evangelion and uh, Wings of Honey, I must say. Um, Wings of Honey, I must say, is, I think is a three. I didn't like it as much as you. I think the ending's like banger, but it's easy to make a banger ending. Um, it, by the way, the <laughs> banger ending of Wings of Honey, I must say, is 100% the ending I hate. It's like absolutely the most, like, is progress good bullshit ever? But I do love it in that one. <laughs> we are all <laughs> bag of contradictions. Um, I've not seen Appleseed, which is listed here. You have that one. Oh, right. That was them, technically. I'll tell you for sure, Otakuno Video at the fucking bottom of my list. What a wretched fucking thing that I have experienced in my life. <laughs> I hate Otakuno Video. It's like their mission statement more than anything else they've ever made. Oh, I right? think it's foul. I think it's disgusting. I can't wait for you to watch it. <laughs> I, watch, I think about it, I'm like, I, I need to you know, read Harlock before I watch that. No, you don't. I don't know. Isn't it another Blue Blazer situation where they're always like referencing classic stuff? No. 
Okay, I, I guess I could just watch a Takane video. Um, but it does sound terrible. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, so that's the other thing, is the uh, idea that because of the Western understanding of Evangelion specifically as a subversion or whatever, and the stuff in End of Eva that often gets misread, um, people think that Gainax is some kind of like anti-Otaku studio. <laughs> I mean, Otaku no Video literally has, is about, is has a scene where Ano plays a fucking gamer who's obsessed with Kimiko from Gunbuster, and it's like about how this guy's like a filthy perverted nerd. And, but it's Ano, it was the character he created, like talking about how his own, the people he's selling the games about his characters to are disgusting. Like, you can't have it both ways. I mean, because that's the thing, right, is that the, the this is a jewel there's a conflict that exists within Gainax and specifically I mean I know more than Gunbuster like because Trigger goes on to do this but has no thought head empty the whole time <laughs> <laughs> which is, on some level I guess I respect more than yeah. like coming back 20 years later to tell everyone we must move on this thing that made my rich and is, made me rich and is my life's work was a mistake for all of you it's like fuck off uh, but yeah uh, it's, it's very strange because like Gainax love this stuff they love anime more than anyone else to a degree that makes their work way worse than it would have been if they'd read a book <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's interesting i have a conclusion but i've enjoyed this podcast mm-hmm. um yeah i guess that's it yeah <laughs> we're done <laughs> next time Thank you we're so go- much justin yeah next time we're going to be covering um akira we're going back to akira we're gonna read the second volume if you're reading the marvel versions or like the epic versions i think it's the next five issues of that is the second volume so read up through uh issue 11 um but so if you're reading it volumes which i think most people probably are you can um just read the second one and that'll be good um That'll be probably in two weeks or so. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I, then I don't know what's next. If you, I, we're about to we're about to transition into everyone has like a monthly slot and it'll be much more regulated and we can let people know. But I don't remember if we have anyone else left. So if you're if you're listening to this, you're like I got one of those. Please. Yes, we are in me. the last stretch of sorting everyone out this year before we get more regular next year. Yeah. Uh, so if if, we, if we've forgotten you because of the, the chaos of the organization, uh, feel free to like ping us and be like, hey, I think I think I should be next. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that out of the way, again, thank you, Austin. Where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at not an in. That's N-O-T-A-N-I-N-N. I do uh, game tabletop role-playing game design work at austin-ramsay.itch.io, where my most famous game is Beam Saber, which is about Max. Surprise, surprise, me being on this show. Um, <laughs> and I also do an actual play tabletop role-playing podcast uh called you don't meet in an inn where we play stuff that is explicitly obscure and lesser known jackson uh you can find me at headfuls off on twitter.com you can find the other podcast that me and m do at abnormalmapping.com uh we do a bunch of cool shows uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and you support our podcast at patreon.com slash normal mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project where me and Jackson are watching turn a Gundam with Austin Walker right now. We're watching Planetes also. That's a, that's, that's like two months away from wrapping up and then we'll be on to Gundam seed, which will take up 18 months. Cause there's an SD in the middle of those. Um, it'll be a good time. Uh, at $10, you get VoIP life. Uh, this 
it might be out by the time this goes up. I don't know. It kind of depends on when this stuff comes out. We have a whole episode where we have our friend Automon to talk about Naruto. We talk about other things, but we also just get deep in the weeds about some Naruto shit because uh, Jackson recently finished Naruto. Me and Autumn I would say fans of Naruto. <laughs> I'm going to have to um, give that a listen because I, I finished Naruto a couple months ago myself, so it'll be interesting yeah. to hear. Yeah, and we if you want if you want an episode about everyone laughing about how everyone in Naruto is really pro CIA, <laughs> that podcast got your back. Um, I love when they're great. pro CIA. I hate when they're doing the set of this one plot. Uh, Naruto <laughs> also has a very bad um, everyone's trapped in a fantasy bit. <laughs> yes. Oh God, it really does. Anyway, uh, check that out. Um, and that's it. We'll be back again with. Uh, Akira soon and uh maybe by then i'll know what we're doing next if not then it, we won't we probably won't have anything till our we'll probably do another christmas special i don't know what it is yet we haven't decided normally we decide oh, months we in do advance. something really what do we do for the first one what was uh we transformers last year and then um macross, macross plus. plus yeah macross plus yeah right well we'll have to do something really goofy this year yeah uh um, all right all right goodbye goodbye Bye.